Welcome to the Business Networking Show, brought to you by your partnerships. Here is your host, Lee Randall Pybus. Terry Mullins is with me today, and what a pleasure it is to have this guy with me. Just before we came on air, he actually told me that he came down to the southwest to retire, but that hasn't happened. But uh, we are going to be talking today about networking and sales as well. Now, people go networking to sell stuff, but if you go networking to sell stuff, that's not the right way to network. This is right, isn't it, Terry? Yeah, absolutely. I think, I mean, it's interesting um, with every business, Lee, you've got this choice. Uh, it's a kind of constant choice. You can either focus on, on, you can have a sales focused business, or you can have a business that is more about fulfillment, more about doing the work. Because most of us start businesses, I think, because we're passionate about what we do. So whether you're, you know, I can't imagine being passionate about, say, being an accountant, but accountants are, they're passionate about it. Um, but people start businesses because they love what they do, and then they get caught up in just doing what they do. So. It, that's what I call um, out, uh, that, that's pro, uh, that's more about process and it's more about just doing the work. So it, be, it, it be just becomes it becomes business focus, becomes just doing the work. And we get caught up in that. What your business should always be is sales focused, because um, if you think about it, businesses don't really exist to provide services or provide products. They exist to sell services and products. And we sometimes forget that. Now, what's really great about networking is it gives us the opportunity to be doing a little bit of both and doing it almost subconsciously. I mean, as you know, the name of my company is The Reluctant Salesman. And the reason it's called that is because people don't feel particularly comfortable in sales conversations. I mean, one of the things I do, you'd laugh, one of the things I do at my, um, my every seminar, every workshop I do is I, the first question I ask people is, you know, what pops into your mind? when you hear the word salesman or salesperson. And I've been doing that for, well, probably 20 years. I've never heard a positive, not one. So people have got this kind of negative connotations around the idea of sales and what salespeople are and they, what they do. So it's understandable that they don't particularly want to be that. But of course, in the modern climate, especially with what we're dealing with at the moment, we need to be a bit more sales focused. So one of the things that we can do is to raise our visibility and raising your visibility is one of the kind of five ways that I, I look at getting business. And part of that would be networking. In fact, networking itself is one of the five ways. Just I separate that one because it does so many positive things. So when I look at networking and I see it, the only problem I, I have with networking is I, I uh, people tend to do this thing, you know, um, one, one will, one, uh, quote I think it was Woody Allen said that 85% of success is showing up <laughs> which is absolutely true Woody Allen by the way is not not that popular person to quote anymore I used to be but <laughs> but the point is it's a good quote it's 85% of success is showing up the trouble is that most people who go to networking events in my experience and maybe you could you know maybe you could put some input onto this but I think it's true most people don't really show up they just turn up mm. you know they kind of come to the room and it's almost as though if I'm in the room and I do my little 60 seconds, then as if by osmosis, I'm going to find business. And obviously that raises your visibility. Being in the room raises your visibility, but you've got to have a bit more than that. You, you, you've got to have, um, you've got to be what I term positive networking. You've got, you've got to be, have a, a, a sales focus. And that doesn't mean you're going to jump on people because as you just said, 
networking isn't about that. It isn't about selling to the room. It isn't about selling to anybody. What it's about is about putting, pe- putting yourself in front of people so that they get to see who you are mm. and get to know, you know, that whole know, like, and trust thing. Well, the first stage is always to get to know you. Um, the trouble with it is, of course, is, is that people feel a little bit, they feel like it's a sales process. They feel like it's a hard-nosed sales process and they're actually selling when they're there. And sometimes they're very uncomfortable. They get very uncomfortable perhaps doing the 60 seconds. You know, they're standing up and, you know, they, they maybe rehearse an elevator pitch and all that. And, and really that doesn't kind of work. You know, the, the, the best, all you can do in 60 seconds really is kind of introduce yourself and maybe just, just make some comments or say something that might be of use or, or just, just what you've been up to and things like that. The much softer approach, the, the, the business in, sell, in, um, in networking events tends to happen, and I'm sure you agree, um, in the conversations around the room. You know, when we're doing online networking, which is a challenge um, without any question, um, it, it's, you, you do your little bit and you're one of a, a whole, especially, you know, your partnerships now have got so many people going to and they're fantastic. It's like a huge range of postage stamps you're looking at, the you know, animated postage stamps all, all chattering away. And everybody's <laughs> saying great stuff, but it's so much to take in. The, the focus really should be on the breakout rooms when you're in there and you're talking to people. And, and also one of the things I do on, in my training when I'm talking to people is I say, you need to be able to offer people something. You need to be able to, that 60 seconds, when you're doing those 60 seconds, it's a lot more powerful to actually be able to offer something that you're currently doing or that you're willing to do for them. Um, or, and, it's, and it's also about building relationships, as we know, but it's not just um, the relationships individually. It's, it's about creating what I term advocates as well, which, um, you know, maybe we could talk about that, but the idea of the advocate to me is that there are people in the room who might not be your customer, but they are actually working with your customers. Mm. So one of the things that I think people should do when they go networking is to be thinking in terms of, of building an advocate profile. You know, who, who do I need? Who would I like to talk to who could actually direct business to me and I could direct business to? So how that works really is you look around and you think, where am I getting my business at the moment? Now, if you're getting business by referral, where's it coming from at the moment? So if you're, um, let's say if you're a financial advisor, you know, an IFA, if you're an IFA, where's your business coming from at the moment? So you might find that quite a lot of it's coming from accountants Mm. and, and other people in financial services. So an advocate, if you want to define an advocate, an advocate is really somebody who is doing business with your customers, you know, the customers you'd like to be doing business with, but, it's, but they're not doing what you're doing. Yeah. So if it's an accountant, they're doing what they do, and an IFA does what an IFA does. And so if you create something to talk about in your 60 seconds, which is saying, you know, what I'm looking for is um, I'm looking for accountants um, who have, companies who are having particular problems with this or with this because I specialize in that and that helps the room then to understand what you're doing you know and who you're looking for and then they they can direct people to you yeah a good way of getting advocates is to actually invite them to come to the meetings see um years ago um early days when I first started going networking 
um, I went to, uh, you know, one particular group has really dominated it for years. If you think about BNI, for instance, mm. BNI is dominated. It's, it's globally, it's the biggest networking group. And the reason I think that comes about is because it takes a lot of the um, decision-making away from the people in the room because it's very structured. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but it is very structured. And you do this and you do this and, you, and it's all like that. And you're kind of almost forced to be positive. Um, and that works for a lot of people, but a lot of people it doesn't. I think with things like your partnership, which is a far more, I don't know, user-friendly, kind of looser setup, yeah. the, the thing that might be missing is, is like a little bit of personal structure. And that's why really when you go in, you have to kind of take a little bit of responsibility for yourself. If you're just the, the the problem with a lot of people who go to these groups, they're not really they're treating it like it's almost like Christmas. You know, they they go to the meeting and they they're basically giving out cards and wishing everyone well, and that's fine, but it's not really networking. No. So if you need a structure, so one of the things you that BNI used to do was it suggested creating power groups within the group. So you'd look around and you'd find the people that you could connect with. Mm. That makes perfect sense. But the best way to create a power group is to create the power group. So if you start inviting people in businesses, you know, that you're not selling to, but that would be ideal advocates for you, start inviting advocates to join your networking group. Yeah, um, that's that's not difficult. And you kind of know that. And then suddenly you've created this group and just and all you have, you know, saying to saying to someone, you know, uh, you know you're, you're an accountant and, and you do that. Um, I belong to this group. It's fantastic. Why don't you come along? I'd like to invite you along for a breakfast. Come along. And then they come along. They join the meeting. And straight away, you've got someone in the room who's already on your side. Mm -hmm. um, and it becomes... so. And you can create two or three people like that and, and develop the group. And that interesting thing, actually, speaking about BNI, one of the things they did was to, to limit it to one accountant and one lawyer, mm -hmm. and, you know, one architect. Um, your partnerships has never done that. And I think that's, I think that's great because I actually see that when you get groups of people, like you've got several accountants, they can, they're a resource for each other. Mm -hmm. They can work for each other. And they usually are frankly, several accountants, aren't they? Um, yeah. financial, <laughs> financial services seems to be um, highly represented at networking groups. Or photographers. <laughs> and photographers. Yeah. Yeah. I tell you what it is, Lee, I think. And we, we spoke about this briefly before we started. Um, I think one of the problems is nowadays is that people who never had to sell, never, never wanted to sell, and certainly, you know, just really were turned off by the whole idea. I think they suddenly, they find they need to. So you get someone, you know, uh, professional services. I mean, for a while, professional services weren't even allowed. But the legal profession, solicitors and people like that, they couldn't even, they weren't allowed to proactively sell. So, but now what's happened is that the way the world's changed, um, people who never, they joined up for one thing and now they've, part of their job description is to find clients. Yeah. And that's not really something they're comfortable doing. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, yeah, anyway. No, so, I, I, it's interesting you say the, um, the advocate side of things because when uh, it was back to face-to-face -face, um, and, and with the online stuff as well to a certain effect, I... I used to say from time to time, if there was a limited amount of people, there's about 10 people in the room. Mm. Uh, some people would say, oh, there's not many here today. I'm not sure I'm going to get much done today. But I'd say, I'd sit everybody down and I'd say, right, you, there's 10 of us here. We all know five businesses each. 
technically that's 50 businesses that are sat in the room with us today oh, and it makes yeah. people think a bit further because Absolutely. it's true isn't it yeah. looking at not not just helping people that are in the room but helping people outside of the room mm. as well and that's that's all about the relationship building aspect of the of the network and isn't it so how what are your tips on how to build a good relationship with a business person well the first thing to understand is that statistically it, it, you know if you're going out, if you're going out to 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 sell to someone, um, people love to buy stuff. You know, we love to buy stuff. We're we're a, we're a consumer society. You know, people will sleep on the pavement to get an iPhone on the day it comes out, <laughs> rather true. than get it. And and people are crazy when people love to buy something, but they hate to be sold to. You know, as much as we love to buy, we hate to be sold to. If you're in a shop and someone comes up to you and offers to help you, we, 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 we feel confronted, you know? And if they keep coming up and offering to help you, being really helpful, you'll leave. So you have to understand that, you know, that's, 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 that's kind of consumer stuff, but in business, it's the same thing. The harder you push, the more they'll resist. Mm -hmm. So really just stop selling. Now I know it sounds nuts, but what you should be really doing is having meaningful conversations. And if you understand that most people don't buy anything, even when it's a structure, even when you're having a sales meeting and everybody knows it's a sales meeting, from that point to actually getting anything, to getting that signature or whatever it is you need, it's usually going to be five to eight interactions. So relax a little bit and stop worrying about selling stuff, right? Yeah. What, you should, what you need to be do is facilitating, right? So we need to stop trying to persuade people. I've always maintained that if I'm talking to someone who knows what I do and is interested in what I do, I don't need to persuade them mm. because if they're talking to me, they're already perhaps interested in what I do because maybe they want to buy something from me. You don't need to persuade someone to do something they already want to do. So if they want to buy something from me, what I need to do is facilitate, which means simply make it easy for them. So how do we make it easy for people? You have to take responsibility for that little relationship that we're creating. Really powerful thing that is underutilized massively in every mm. networking group is the one-to-one. -one. Yeah. The one-to-one -one is a wonderful way to get to know how we can help them. And the easiest way to get business from someone is to get business for them. Mm. So if you're able to, if you hear something and you're talking to someone, you say, well, um, um, what is it you need and all that? And, they, and, you, and you, there's some little resonance. Say, actually, I was speaking to someone the other day who is exactly what you, you're doing, he needs. And then you, then you become this, this honest broker in the middle of this relationship. And it's not like sneaky. Or One of the things I hate is that kind of sleazy sales thing where you're, everything's got an ulterior motive. You Be nice just for the sake of being nice. Don't be nice to create rapport. Or, you know all this pretense of pretending you like people just be just be who you who you are the problem is lee that people say oh so really the trick then is just to be yourself the problem i think it was russo said we're as many people as the people we meet because so everybody like the lee that i'm talking to isn't the same lee your family know or your mates <laughs> know or your business associates know, or so many different people stop trying to be yourself and just relax a little bit yeah. so stop trying to sell and make your focus for the conversations building the relationship. Mm -hmm. So how do you get from this conversation to the next one? My, do you know what my goal is at every um, networking meeting? 
And, it, and bear in mind, I'm a salesperson. So I'm, you know, when I'm talking about positive networking, my ultimate goal, hopefully, is to find some clients and all that mm-hmm. stuff. The difference between me and most people who are doing this, I don't, I, it doesn't bother me if I don't. And the minute you stop getting attached to this outcome of it all being great, you know, it's all going to go, it's all going to happen, I've got to make money out of it straight away. The minute you get away from that and just start engaging with people in a normal way, um, you become a completely different animal. You're, you're different. Um, so um, my goal at every sales meeting, uh, sorry, every networking meeting isn't to sell them something or tell them how great I am or talk about myself. I spend most of my time listening. In fact, I, I actively try not to talk too much about myself, which if listening to this today might not sound realistic, but it's true. I do. When I'm in a meeting, when I'm one-to-one with a person, they don't want to hear about me so much. They want to talk about themselves. So I want to know about, and I want to know about them as well. So I'm yeah. listening and I do positive listening. I'm actually really listening. Most people don't listen. You know, most people at networking events are either speaking or waiting to speak. Yeah. And that's not the best place to be. And we, we know that. We, you know when you're talking to someone and they're, they're scoping the room? <laughs> they're saying, like, is there someone better I could be t- speaking to here? Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> that's awful, isn't it? <laughs> so what I'm saying is that what I'm trying to do is I'm, not, I'm listening. And what I'm, my goal for the meeting, this meeting, is to get to the next meeting. Mm-hmm. That's all I want to do. And the next meeting is no more than, say, a cup of coffee. Like, yeah. I might say to someone... Um, I don't know if you're busy after, I don't know if you've got time, but I've got to talk to a couple of other people. But if if I'd really like to have a chat with you, carry on with this, there's a couple of things that just occurred to me I might be able to help you with. Um, do you fancy a coffee afterwards? Mm-hmm. And if not, if they're not able to do it, say, well, great, well, perhaps maybe I can give you, a, let's set something up, maybe I can give you a call in the week and we can put something in the diary and just have a, have a one-to-one. You see, um, things like your partnership really make this simple. Because the one-to-one is the thing. And at the one-to-one, you can get to talk about yourself. I mean, obviously, you've got to, at the initial meeting, you've got to give them some ideas. And if they're really interested in you, and quite often they might be, but you know what's quite sad is when you get someone thinks it's their 60 seconds and they tap, they stand up, and, and I don't want to beat up on accountants, but let's just give an accountant's example. Yeah. If an accountant stands up and says, oh, you know, my name's Frank, and I'm, I've got, I belong to this partnership, and I've been there 20 years, and we do... We audit, we do books, well, we do wages, we do payroll. I can help you with your... We know that, Frank, you know? We know all of that. It's not really... You're an accountant, you know? It's like if a bloke says I'm a plumber, he doesn't get up and say I bend pipes, I do welding joints, you know? They don't... We know what they do. People, We know what people do. So just getting up and saying what you do is a waste of time. What you really need to do is say, like, you know, I'm, I'm really interested in talking to... I'm, one of the things that people like that, uh, uh, professional service providers, which are a big part of my client base of professional service providers, one of the things they can do is start talking sector specific. Mm. Say like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm an accountant and, and, I, and I work a great deal with people in the construction industry. Or I work a great deal, I, I really, I work a lot with, um, you know, I don't know, people in the bridal industry or whatever. Just be sector specific and talk to one person in the room. Yeah. This thing, and just get that conversation going. One of the things I love at, at your partnerships is when they do the sector-specific uh, networking yep. setup, because I mean I can go to any of those because everybody needs to sell, so it's all right. <laughs> but 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 it's great to see groups of people who are able to. I mean, all the advocates are in one place, and and you can talk to them, and you can 
you know, you can show what you can do for them. And then also you can, I think one of the things that people really need to recognize is when they're networking, they're in a room full of people who can give them pretty well everything they need, mm. you know, in terms of services. You can, you know, if you're in a networking group or you're printing, uh, if there's a, if there, if you're lucky enough to have anybody from a building background in the group, which will always seem a bit thin on the ground, don't they? Mm. But if there's someone from a building, then they're going to get loads of business because you want that. You need a plumber, electrician, yeah. and you need someone that you can trust and you know where he's going to be the next sort of Wednesday or whatever. So that's really um, what you should be doing. This idea of positive networking is trying to create something so that you can, I, I see relationships as, as if you imagine a bouncing ball mm -hmm. and my job is to keep that ball bouncing. So I do I have the first meeting, second meeting, you know, talk about it. If they then say, you know, I've been talking for a while and I've got a little team and they could really use some help with, with this. Would, could you give me some idea of what that would be like? And they feel comfortable about asking me about that stuff. Um, Cause I'm comfortable about talking about it. They can be. Um, and I've created, I call it space creation. I've created the space for them to actually ask those questions because otherwise they won't. Yeah, absolutely. I find as well, some people, uh, I'd like to get your view on this when they stand up and do their pitch. A lot of people have multiple business interests. They, they have probably three different businesses running at the same time and they'll pitch every business in, in the 160 seconds, which I find, I, I tend to switch off. <laughs> from from listening when that happens i mean do, would you because i i have other business interests but every time i network i try and just focus on one on that specific event you know the 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 the, the mate the, the expression that makes my heart sink every time i hear it uh, a networking but if someone stands up to do their 60 seconds and says my name's dave and i've got several different hats and i think oh don't 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 dave don't do that <laughs> You know, it's hard enough to get a sense of what someone does with one hat, you know. Just tell us about your one hat, Dave. Don't tell us about the rest. And it's difficult because when you've got a captive audience for 60 seconds, and that's another thing, by the way, it's if it's 60, it's 60 seconds for a reason. You know, even if you're interested in what someone's saying, after about two minutes, two and a half minutes, I don't know about you, I start getting annoyed. Yeah. I'm thinking, please, enough already. You know, I'll, I'll... so the couple of things, yeah. Talk about one thing, be very specific, but don't even, even then, you know, we go by job titles. As I said before, we identify people by job titles and given your job title for the most part, even in this modern world, if someone gets up and says, I'm a web designer, that's it. You, you, you don't talk it now that we know who you are. Now tell us something that we want to hear. Yeah. You say like, okay, and what I'm offering is a, I, I, one thing I can do for you is I can give you a free um, web review, particularly interested in looking at people in the construction industry, mm -hmm. um, looking at their websites. I'm doing that at the moment, looking at the construction industry websites, um, and I'll give you a little report. Won't cost you anything. It's useful. We don't have to, if you don't do any business with me, it's fine. But um, it's a way of you know raising my profile around. So I'd be happy to do that. Um, and then sit down. And then, then suddenly someone comes up and says, I was interested in what you said about that web design thing and the report. And I've got a mate in the construction industry who, who could, his website's shocking. You know, it looks like, and, and that's how it goes. So you really, the thing about people don't understand me is that selling is actually a reductive process, right? You need to reduce down, you reduce down your offering 
and you reduce down the target. The world's full of people that could buy your stuff, but they won't. Mm -hmm. What you really want to be doing is targeting the people who need and want your stuff in a sector in which you have some, some, some um, expertise and offer them something so they can see how good you are before they ever risk spending any money. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I, it, it's always well to say we give free estimates, but that's still a quote. It's yeah. still a sales and people resist selling. But if you say, we, I'm happy, like if you're, if you're in, um, well, in, in any area, but you can say, well, what, what we'll do is we'll come along, we'll, we'll look at your business, let's say a financial advisor. If, if I look at, you know, you've probably all got good pensions, they're probably all set up. But there are, you, what happens is over the years, you accrue these little things. So what I do is I come down and I do, a, and I do a, an unbiased overview, give you a report, no pressure, all set standard stuff. Obviously, you have to, the thing with, when I'm saying things like that, there are restrictions to what people can do. But, but if you can offer someone a service, if you can offer to do something for them that demonstrates your worth and then provide them with something that which is of value to them and make it really clear to them they don't have to have it, they don't have to buy from you, you know, but then perhaps give them an idea of if they did decide to, to implement the things you're suggesting, how much would it cost as a kind of on the market, like as a ballpark, so they get an idea. Um, because that's the thing, you see, people always want to know how much things cost, but they won't yeah. ask you. Yeah. Um, and so we hide all these prices and we, we deliver our price at the end of the conversation, like a, like a waiter lifted a, one of those silver platter <laughs> things. So, you know, whoa, look at this. Well, no, people need to know that. You know, you want to know how much a thing costs. So if you give someone a ballpark figure, you're effectively giving a quote without giving a quote because there's no pressure. And um, people talk about closing sales deals and all that. I I've been selling for about 35 years. I've never closed anyone in my life because you don't need to. You just need to be around when they're ready to buy. That's what I'm talking yeah. about, this idea of what I call completion, which is where you get to the next meeting and the next meeting mm -hmm. and make that your goal. I mean, one of the things I show people how to do is, is how to never have to follow up again because following up is, is a nightmare. That's not to say you don't engage and you don't keep the conversation going, but if you structure in such a way, you never have to follow up because the worst thing in the world, Nitley, when someone says, I'll get back to you at the end of the week and then they don't, and then what yeah. do you do? Yeah, you know, it's awkward. So yeah, coming back to, to, to your point, people should really focus on one service, one product, whatever it is, there's their main thing, lead with it. If then once we get to know you and all that stuff, say, look, I'm doing this new thing. It's interesting. I'm doing this, do that. Mm -hmm. um, because it gets confusing. Yeah. And yeah, absolutely. And one of the things <coughs> I want to We'll, we'll round up on this last bit. It's something sure. that stuck with me. We had a conversation. It must have been about 18 months ago. I remember it was in a brewer's fair in Helston. I remember that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. One thing you said to me stuck with me. Um, USP. The USP yeah. is not as we know it anymore. USP is a unique salesperson. Exactly right. Well, that's that's what I know it as. That, that's, that's what I came up with. But the fact is the USP, the unique selling proposition, I've always maintained it's a myth, Lee, to be perfectly honest. Uh, for two reasons. The first reason is that hardly anything any of us do is unique. Like, I've got a different way of selling, but it, it's not unique because there's loads of people with different ways of selling. You know, they're all, they're all different. You know, what they are is different features. I've got a different way of doing it from other people. If someone's, if you're buying a camera, you might have to say, well, this, this, the salesperson selling the camera might say it's got this really whizzy lens that does all of this. 
But then the next salesperson will say, yeah, but our one's got this special timing mechanism and it's got more pixels and all that. And then what you're doing is you're giving people, um, you're making people make choice uh, decisions and they don't like doing that and they don't want to do that. So the idea that you have anything unique, there's so few businesses in the world that are actually truly unique that the chances of any of us having one are pretty remote. I was once at a meeting um, in um, Nottingham and it was a room full of insurance salespeople, uh, 50 people, and I was giving a, a talk. And I said, you know, there's no such thing as a USP. And they went, oh. I said, okay, who's got a USP? And about 40% of the room put their hand up. And I said, hold on a minute. You're, you're, you're selling insurance in Nottingham, right? Uh, and what's unique about you? You know, what? tell me. And they were saying, people, well, we offer this personalized service. I went, okay, so I've got a room full here, a lot of people. Anyone else offer a personalized service? Every hand went up. You know, there is no such thing as a USP. And because sales training has got this idea that you find this thing that's unique about your business and then you focus everything on that and talk about that. And people just, and the other thing, the second reason, it, it doesn't exist is because if a salesperson tells you stuff we spoke about right at the beginning i was saying about salespeople are not necessarily they're not the most trusted people in the world which by the way is ridiculous because you have more bad i say to people how many bad sales experience you had in the last year you know you've been sold to thousands of times how many really nasty experience you had that warrants this negativity that got none it's a, exactly. it's, a, it's 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 a it's a stereotype and actually it's one that in my program we use it to our advantage but the point is that the reason the usp could never work is because every salesperson is telling you what they've got is better than what the next person's got every salesperson saying you really need to buy this because it's got this if someone says to me you know can if i'm when i was sort of selling i was selling sort of all sorts of products all, all sorts of stuff and services and high-end big ticket stuff often and they might say to me well why your, your thing hasn't got this has it it, it hasn't got I no no it hasn't got that it's got other things but it hasn't got that and if you need that you probably i'm probably not going to be the person for you and yeah. then i just move on so the unique there's no such thing unique so the only unique thing about your business as you just said as, as I've, I've been maintaining for years the only unique thing about anybody's business is the person whoever they're speaking to is the business so mm -hmm. if i'm if you're talking to a client of a, of a even of a big company they're actually you're the business at that moment you are that you are that business and the only unique thing about it is you but the problem is traditional selling makes us hide our uniqueness mm. because it gives us scripts and it gives us patterns and we have this routine and when you look at something like really sharp end selling like people like selling double glazing or kitchens or something like that no disrespect to those guys by the way your hardest job in the world but they do it and they have to do it in a systematic way and they go through it because they've, they've got to sell it that night really mm. that's their how it works so because of that they, they're doing this whole you know they've, they've given away their uniqueness they've, they've, they're now a ro they're working rope they're like a robot they're just going through the motions yeah. and whatever you say doesn't matter they're going to do what they're going to do and people hate that so just saying to someone, you know, telling isn't selling. Telling someone that you've got this camera, that's only, you're the only one in the world that's got this thing. Well, are you? Okay. <laughs> and, and do I even want that thing? You know, so no, the unique selling proposition, the only unique thing. So that's why, as you said, the unique salesperson, being yeah. a unique salesperson, 
And a unique salesperson is a salesperson who stops selling in what we regard as the traditional way. The minute you stop doing what salespeople do, then you step out from that. I, I can't tell how many times people I, I work for, I used to work, I used to work um, um, uh, commission only. I didn't, I, I was never, I never worked directly for companies if I could have, avoid it because I like that. I like the freedom it gave me. Um, but even as a commission only selling, as a salesperson, they used to get comments coming back from the customers. Thanks for not sending a salesperson. Right. I'm standing there with their contract in my hand signed and they say it's so nice that they didn't send a salesperson. And I thought, yeah, okay, why not? And, you know, it, it, it's, it's surprising, but we are, our view of salespeople is so constricted that if we just stop doing it, then we become, we become unique mm. as far as they're concerned. Give them a different sales experience. Don't pretend they're going to get a different product or service because they're not. Uh, well, do you know what, Terry? Uh, some people I could just talk to all day long, and you're one of them. But I've got, <laughs> so I've got if to you can get a word one. in, <laughs> no, it's it's brilliant. It makes my job so much easier. So, um, how can people get in touch with you? Okay, so you could go to the, the uh, reluctantsalesman.com and have a look at the website. We've got some new programs coming out. Um, they're they're all up there, and ignore the prices. They're just placeholders at the moment, but. From at, the beginning, at the end of this month, I'm launching a new new program, which is um, uh, online, but has elements of, of uh, personal coaching with me in, involved in it. So that can be done. So you could go, go there. But listen, you know what? I know this goes to friends and family, really. This is a podcast for, for, for an extended family of people. Just drop me an email, terryreluctantsalesman.com. And I will get back to you and, and we can have a chat. I promise I won't try and sell you anything. <laughs> Terry, it's been absolutely brilliant. Thank you so much. Yeah, real pleasure, mate. Absolutely enjoyed it. Yeah. Thanks ever so much. Lou. Thank you for listening to the Business Networking Show, brought to you by Your Partnerships. Check out all our upcoming networking events at yourpartnerships.co.uk.